Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Look, in a world in which things change like crazy, right? I mean, there's new discoveries in all kinds of things. Right? Medicines, medical world. Like, they're coming up with names for diseases we didn't know. Right? I mean, like, and then when you hear them on television and the drugs that treat them, you're like, what did they say? <laughs> you have no idea what they're doing because they're creating all, you know, all these things. You, you hear this stuff and you're, you know, I, I'm afraid of some of the medicines just because, like, then I hear them and I'm like, wait, wait, that could kill me. You know, it's kind of like going to get your, your wisdom teeth out. You know, they, there's this disclaimer that you've got to sign off on. Like, you could die from this. Like, I'm just getting my wisdom teeth out. Just Calm down. What's the deal, right? And so, so things are changing all the time. Like airplanes. Have you ever noticed airplanes have gotten bigger since the Wright brothers? Okay, they're slightly larger. There was a really cool landing recently in Germany of a really big plane. If you haven't seen that, that's really fun. It's like it's one thing to drift in a car. It's another to drift in a plane. Okay, it was pretty crazy. Airbus going sideways, really cool. Like that's... Like, I'm used to on snow, but, like, that's not, it's weird. But planes are getting bigger, fly further, all that stuff. I mean, there's really, the other thing is, like, cell phones and phones in general, right? I've been asked recently, Dad, did, did they have phones when you were a kid? I don't know who asked that. But, but, but you, you, like, like, well, how old do you think I am? I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I know I had a birthday and all, but I'm not. And so, like, but you go to cell phones? Like, all the cool people back in the, like, late 80s, early 90s, they had cell phones the size of bricks. Right? I mean, they're like, you, you like, had to work out just to hold the thing. Or you had a bag phone. Like, <laughs> younger people in the room are like, what in the world are they talking about? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, you know, like, like, <laughs> like smartphones didn't always exist. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're, they're kind of a newer creation. But it's amazing. Well, all the things that change, some things remain the same. And they never change. When it comes to faith in Jesus, the questions are still the same. It seems like people want to discredit Jesus. People are constantly trying to lessen what Jesus did because it doesn't make sense to them. Look, just this week on a podcast in, in Chicago um, for the Chicago Sun-Times, I think it is, one of the newspapers in Chicago, and they do a podcast, an interview on, on faith, and it's called um, Face to Faith or something, I don't know, some, something like that. It's... So I listened to it this week, and, and I, I, I was intrigued by it because there was an article that came out. It, but it was an interview with a pastor of Fourth Presbyterian Church in Chicago. Her name is Shannon Kirshner. It's a church of about 5,500 people on Michigan Avenue, incredible building. It's like an incredible location. 
But the interview, and in this interview, she said, Christianity is not the only way to heaven. That would mean Jesus isn't the only way to God. And, and that's what she's saying. Obviously, that's contradictory to what Jesus himself said. Right? John 14, 6. Right? He said, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. While I appreciate the sincerity of which the, she said that and believes it, I, I get it. I, you can be sincere and wrong. The, the struggle that faces the church as a whole today is the same struggle. That's very similar to what it was in Martin Luther's day. The struggle for Luther was that the church in his day had embraced salvation by means other than Jesus. The church in his day talked about Jesus, but they felt there were other ways for forgiveness, a salvation by works. In our world today, people think there are other ways to heaven outside of faith in Jesus. That's a problem. If we're using the Bible as the source for our understanding of God, which obviously in the Reformation we talked about the Scripture alone, we've talked about grace alone. Now today we're going to talk about faith alone and Christ alone. Like if we're using the Bible, then you would think that you'd pay attention to, to what it says, especially those who had experiences with the risen Christ. Uh, back to the problem of Luther's day. Salvation or justification by works. Those works included purchasing pardons for sins by giving money to the church. Now, we've all wanted to purchase pardons at times. Sometimes they are like from our parents, right? We're like, what's this going to cost me? Okay? Some of you are really good at this. Okay? You get speeding tickets. You're like, okay, what's this cost me for it not to be on my record? I got a phone call one time from somebody who got a speeding ticket, and, and I was like, hey, like, I, I know somebody who knows all about this whole, you know, deal, okay? And I just called them up and said, hey, tell me, how's this work? Why would I have somebody that I know really well who would know exactly how to take care of that whole thing? I, I don't know. I just do. And, and so I, I did. And, and it's just ways we know, how, we know how to purchase it for things like that. You can't purchase it. You cannot purchase it from God. It's impossible. Look, we want you to honor God with your finances. Okay, but you aren't going to gain forgiveness by giving, right? It's not going to happen. I, I know it would help us build buildings, but that, 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 that'd be lying to you, and that's what Luther was facing. Martin Luther pushed for reforms by telling the people of his day that salvation depended on faith alone, not faith plus works. Faith alone matters. But faith in what? Faith in the work of Jesus Christ. It's the only thing. The reason why we've chosen to combine these two ideas is because they're so linked together. Faith alone and Christ alone. In reality, what people believe about salvation and faith and Jesus has been a struggle all the way back to the first century. It's been going on for 2,000 years. See, everybody for 2,000 years has been trying to find a way to get salvation other than the way that Jesus described it. 
in the way that the scriptures describe it. It's been a constant struggle because it makes no sense. One, we think we ought to purchase everything. That's why it doesn't make sense to us. But if we go all the way back to the church of Galatia, they struggled with not going back to trying to obtain God's favor by obeying the law. I understand their struggle, okay? Because it was and it is easier to please someone if you know what they expect. Right? Like if somebody gives you a list, I wasn't going there. Marital conversations, bits of a sermon. You know, I mean, what in the world, right? Because I picked up on that right there. She starts laughing and she's thinking I'm going to say, well, I just asked for a list. If you just give me a list of what I got to do, I know what I got to do. I know how to, you know, just give me a list. I know it says flowers on Friday, you know, trash on Tuesday. Just give me the list. I know what, just kidding. But it does help me. I wasn't even referencing that because the deal was that's exactly what the Galatians wanted. It's easier to do a list than to live by faith. It's easier to do the list in our minds than it is to live by faith. So today we're going to take some time and look at the incredibly important topic, faith alone in Christ alone. Because faith in anything... So weird, should not say it like that? Faith in anything isn't enough, but faith in Christ and what he did is the key. Acts 4.12, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. So let's see. What Paul had to say to the church that was struggling with relying on what they used to do as opposed to what Jesus had done for them. Here's some background on, some, uh, on this passage, right? Galatians chapter 2 is where we're going to end up. But here's some background, because you have to understand the background of this passage or you, you'll walk into it really confused. Okay, at some point, Peter makes a journey to the city of Antioch, and he's there, and he's, he's staying with people. He's not staying with any people. He's staying with, with, with Gentiles who are Christians, Gentile followers of Jesus, people who are not Jewish by birth. He's staying with them. He's eating with them, and he's just planning on hanging out with them, all right? And well, I don't know if they're playing games, but I'm sure they were hanging out, all right? They were hanging out. But some people from Jerusalem, claiming to be friends of James, the leader of the church of Jerusalem, come to Antioch, and they see what Peter is doing, and they begin questioning what he's doing. And Peter knew there wasn't a problem. Peter knew there was not a problem with this. He had had this vision to, to go to Cornelius' house. I mean, the whole thing happens. He knows that hanging out with Gentiles is not a problem. But because of their questions, he stopped. In fact, it went so far that Paul wrote this when he's addressing the church at Galatia. Speaking of Peter in verses 12 and 13, it's not on the screen. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. Okay, now, time out. You show up from Jerusalem. You see Peter hanging out with people. How do they know 
they weren't circumcised. I'm just asking a question. Like, do you wear a sign? I mean, I, I'm, I'm, like, how do you know? Okay, that, I, it's a question. I just read this stuff, and I just, it just pops in my head. And so, so you just go, what is going on? How do you know that? And so, so as a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy, and even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. Okay, now, now, wait a minute. Look, what we believe really, really matters. So much so that we can lead other people astray. Just like there are pe- preachers preaching that there are other ways to get to God besides Jesus Christ. That's not right. So, so you have to see that. You have to understand that. It, it, Peter led people astray. So with that background, we read our text for today. Verse 14. When I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, this is Paul writing, I said to Peter in front of all the others, since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow the Jewish tradition? Okay, let's pause for an important lesson right here, okay? This is really important. Look, no Christian, no Christian leader should ever be above correction. No person, no matter who they are or what level they achieve, how long they serve, should be exempt from rebuke and guidance. Okay, we need accountability in our day just as it was needed in Paul's day. In fact, if, if, if the Apostle Peter can be led astray, what makes us think any of us couldn't be? Right? We, we have to be going back to the words of the Scriptures, checking things to the words of the Scriptures. It's important to understand that. Now, Peter, you have to also understand this. Peter didn't get fired. He didn't get kicked to the curb. He wasn't replaced. He wasn't a bad person, no longer qualified to lead. If he hadn't repented, if he had not repented, things may have been different. But the point is he repented, and he went on. All of us must be willing to admit we have been wrong in our lives. Look, we've probably even messed up theology along the way. Sometimes it's just inside of our own heads, and it's not public when it gets corrected, right? Peter's was public. It was, he was doing something that was leading people straight, and Paul corrected him. Look, I try really hard. I know Pastor Mike does. We, we, we want to make sure that everything we're preaching is correct theologically. But that does not remove your responsibility to compare it to the Scriptures. Okay, that, that matters. Like, if the Apostle Peter, again, can get knocked off, any of us can be. All right? And so that's, that's everybody. Okay, so back to Galatians 2.15. You and I are both Jews by birth, not sinners like the Gentiles. Okay, again, time out. That seems offensive, <laughs> right? I mean, so, okay. Paul's phrase, Gentile sinners, was said somewhat ironically, in fact, because that is the scornful name Jews applied to Gentiles. Okay, now notice, Paul's calling Peter out for being a sinner. Okay, so, so he, he's like, like that's, that's part of the deal. Peter's actions had conveyed some sort of attitude that he was better than, holier than thou, and that he was somewhat teaching the Gentiles were still sinners. Now look. Both of them knew better. 
Peter and Paul, but Peter knew better. So did Paul. Obviously, Paul's leading the direction. Okay, but back to what we're talking about. The problem with works, oh, we got to keep reading, don't we? See, I get interrupted in my own head, okay? Verse 16, yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we have believed in Jesus Christ so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law. For no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. But suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ, and then we are found guilty because we have abandoned the law. Would that mean Christ has led us into sin? Absolutely not. Rather, I am a sinner if I rebuild the old system of the law I already tore down. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. So my old self has been crucified with Christ. No longer I live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God with, as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. The problem with a works-based salvation is how many good works get you into heaven. Like, how many good works do I have to do? How good do I have to be in order to get to heaven? See, and the problem is, it kind of changes, right? I mean, so, I mean, for most people, okay, this is kind of the baseline, right? Like, if I don't kick the dog... I help old ladies across the street, and I don't do bad stuff like steal and kill, then I'm good. And if I'm good, then God possibly, couldn't possibly send me to hell, right? And so, I mean, like, like that's what most people, in, you ask people in America today, what, how do you, to heaven, that's kind of the deal, you know, just you're a good person. Unfortunately, that's the wrong answer. Not because I want it to be the wrong answer. It's the wrong answer because Jesus said it's the wrong answer. It's the wrong answer because the scriptures say it's the wrong answer. Look, the problem was in Galatia, they were trying to go back to what they once did. Now, there was nothing wrong for them to continue practicing their Jewish customs. Nothing wrong with that. There was nothing wrong with them continuing to obey the law. It was wrong for them to obey the law for salvation. Okay? There's a difference in that. Okay, they could keep doing what they knew to do. They could keep doing those things. But if they did it to obtain salvation, it's wrong. Okay? The, the same thing that Luther's people were struggling with, right? They were trying to get people to buy their way into heaven. They figured, hey, look. We'll make people pay to get into heaven. And so they could build really nice buildings. But notice how things change, right? And in Luther's day, it's like, hey, you know what? You guys are all circumcised. Um, we'll make you pay to get into heaven. So now you got to buy your way in. So for certain, like that's no good. See, Jesus didn't say that. The scriptures don't teach us that. It's in faith alone. The way to heaven it's through a relationship with God. The way to restore a relationship with God is through Jesus Christ. The only way to be good enough and make it into heaven by works 
is to keep all of the law and never mess up, okay? Which only one person has done, and they hung him on a cross. So if it was ever going to be done, if that was the way to get into heaven, like heaven would be a really empty place, right? I mean, God the Father, God the Son, Holy Spirit, and some angels. rest of us, we'd be in trouble. Maybe because we can't keep the law. No, no one has. Only Jesus has. And, and Jesus hangs on a cross takes our place, and makes us justified. The problem for the Galatians was the only benefit the law had for them was to show them their sin. And when Paul tried to keep it, it condemned him. That's his words. Some would suggest faith is that we believe in God. Believing in God is not enough. Like mental assent to something isn't enough, Right? It is believing that Jesus died on the cross and believing that he is the way to God. Like, if belief in God were enough, then demons would be saved. Right? I mean, James tells us in James 2.19, you say you have faith for you believe that there is a one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. Okay? Belief in God is not enough. Many people believe in God. Believing in God and doing good things isn't getting us into a relationship with God. But faith does. Faith in Christ. So what is faith? Faith can be defined as the initial and continual response and trust in and obedience to Christ by a person for the purpose of acceptance by God. <laughs> okay, that's a really long definition. Look, you need to know this. Faith is an initial experience and a continual decision. It's not a one-time thing. It is a one-time thing, but it's a, it's a constant thing. Look, we are required to live by faith all of our lives. Jesus was asked this question in John 6, 28. They replied, we want to perform the God, God's works too. What should we do? Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Okay? Believe. Believe that Jesus is who he says he is. The beginning point for every follower of Jesus is faith in Christ, faith in Jesus. At that point, Jesus hadn't done anything like, like he hadn't gone to the cross. He, he'd done some cool things. Looked so much so that people, when they interacted with Jesus, had incredible moments, right? Like, think about this. I was reading this week in John, and, 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 and the leading priests and the chief priests, they send out some some guards to arrest Jesus, right? They send him out. They go to find Jesus. They find Jesus. They're there to arrest him. And they come back without him. And they come back to the, to the, the chief priests and all the people. And they're like, we sent you to get Jesus. Where is he? They're like, well, we've never heard him speak like that. Like they were given a job and they come back and they're like, sorry, couldn't do it. Like he was just amazing. Right? I mean, it's sort of what they, so he has this impact on people as he's walking. He just has this, this, this 
Well, because he's healing people and he's teaching with authority and they're hearing things that they've never heard before and they're like, this is amazing. That's why somebody can, 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 can go to people in her, her town and say, I, I, I found the Messiah. I mean, he told me about everything I've ever done and you need to come see. I mean, like if, if somebody comes and tells you, like tells me everything I've ever done, I'll be like, I don't want to see you ever again. <laughs> like, like, you're weird, right? But this lady, she's like, Jesus told me everything I ever did before. Like, he's got to be the Messiah. <laughs> he is. So see, something happens when people have interactions with, with Jesus, and, and that's the beginning point for every follower of Jesus is faith in Christ, faith in what Jesus has done. Still true today. Romans teaches, Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Okay. Think about this for just a moment. If there's any portion of Scripture that an and account in the, in the Bible that, that sums this one up, it's the thief on the cross. Right? I, mean, I mean, you just picture this for just a moment. Like the Here's a thief, a guy who's being nailed to a cross for his sins. I mean, he, he has committed crimes against humanity. He, he has stolen, like he committed one of the big ones, right? I mean, he, he committed big sin. I mean, he, you know, he's not a good person. He was going to hell. I mean, we knew he was going to hell because he stole stuff. But we, I mean, we've never stole stuff, so we're, we're good. And so we don't need, we do need what Jesus did. That's the point. But the thief on the cross, he's hanging there, and he, and he realizes the guy next to him is, like, pretty amazing because he's not like anybody else he's ever seen. And he looks at Jesus and says, would you remember me when you come to your kingdom? If you were, that does not meet my definition of what it means to have faith in Jesus, by the way. Like, it, it does meet the biblical definition, but, but me, just, uh, like, like, that doesn't see, like, he had to pray a prayer at an altar. I mean, he had to do something more than just sit there on a cross and do nothing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just like, but, but he calls on the name of the Lord. He says to Jesus, when you enter into your kingdom, like, remember me. And Jesus says to him, today, you'll be with me in paradise. Like, that's as simple as it gets. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The thief on the cross is a great illustration of that. If he lived longer, he had some more things to do, by the way. But he, he had a short time. He had a few hours. For some of us, that's a good thing because we couldn't sin in that amount of time. But, you know, <laughs> he was good. But that's just the beginning point. What it means to be a follower of Jesus. It, it's by faith in Christ alone. That, that's the starting point. But it doesn't stay there. We're saved by calling on the name of the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5.14 teaches this this way. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. 
So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At, at one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. Look, faith should be changing lives. But look, we, we can't still be the same people we were. Our lives should reflect the change that Christ brings. We really should be new people. We can't be living for ourselves. Instead, we should be living for Christ. Let's be honest. If, if people can't see a difference in us, then we aren't the follower of Jesus that he wants us to be. Yeah, there should be changes taking place in our lives, not to obtain God's favor, but because you have experienced God's favor. You should be seeing change in your life because you have experienced God changing you. Your old life is gone. Your new life has come. It's an instant thing, but it's also a constant thing. Just like faith is an instant, but it's a constant. It has to be brought back into our life every single day because it's so easy to try and move from living by faith to living by works. It's so easy to try and move from that place and, and try and earn our way. You talked about this verse last week, this passage last week, but here it is again, Ephesians 2.8. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Let's be honest. We would boast about it. <laughs> right? I mean, like, I can just see it. We're in heaven. Right? We're comparing notes how we got there. How'd you get here? I saved three people from drowning and their dog. You only saved two. I'm better than you. We, we, we would compete. We're American, right? I mean, it's like this is the way it is. Everything's a competition. Like, Justin, you go fishing, right? Okay, what matters? Who caught the biggest and the most? You are going to need to repent later, okay? Okay. <laughs> I'm like, always got to be one spiritual one in the room. And I pick them to use as an illustration. Look, we would boast about it. Look, we could win a race. In fact, we could win the race to get to heaven by a hundredth of a second. Like, I died one hundredth of a second faster than you, so I got here first. We would boast about it. And I'm just telling you, this is the way it would work. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done. None of us can boast about it. But it goes on in verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. Paul tells us we're not saved by the good things we do. But God did create us anew in Christ so that we could do good things he planned for us to do. Like, like faith is going to demand action. 2 Corinthians 5, 15, which we read just a moment ago, he died for everyone so that those who receive this new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. 
Okay, now when you think about this, like everything in our life, look, look, remember, thief on the cross, faith in Jesus, cleans the slate, all right? I mean, faith in what Jesus did on the cross, that whole thing, cleans us. We are saved, right? We're boom, done. The deal is done. But then we've been saved, we have been forgiven to do the works that God has created us to do. It's not going to save us. We're not going like, to be like, you know, God's up there keeping score going, oh, man, oh, oh, look at that one. That's pretty good. Like that's Look, that's why Paul could say, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Okay, it's right there. In, in, like anybody who's experienced a new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ. James 2.26 says it this way. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Faith is an initial and a continual response to what Jesus did through his life, death, and resurrection. Okay. One of the things that I often pray for when, you, when, when we're dismissed or whatever and, and we, we go, is I'm praying that God will do in us what he wants to do. Like, he'll give us divine appointments. He'll give us opportunities for us to do his work. And my prayer for me is that I'll be sensitive to that. And I'll be open to it. And I'll be ready. Okay? This week, I get a phone call on Wednesday from Onus. Onus attends for service. He's Pastor Steve, I got a problem, I got a situation. My friend, Al, is dying. His family doesn't think he's going to live long. Would you go with me? I don't think Al's ready to go to heaven. Would you go with me? Would you talk with him? Sure. That's not a normal phone call for a Wednesday. Sure. Honored he called me. Driving there. On the way there, I call Angela just to tell her where I'm going, what I'm doing. And the fact that I have a small group that night, if it takes longer than that, hey, look, I've got to prepare it. Everything's ready. You start without me. Just understand where I'm going. Tell her where I'm going. She says, that sounds like my friend told me that. I give her the address. She calls her friend. Sure enough, I'm going to her friend's house, who she had had a conversation with at lunch on Wednesday about whether her father was ready to meet Jesus. So I go, and Onus talks to him for a moment and says, Al, I believe in Jesus, and I believe in heaven, and I want you to be there with me. I want to see you again. pastor with me. I just want to talk to you a minute about that. Is that okay? Okay. Al makes a confession of faith. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, yeah, yeah, and I'm doing a funeral Friday because <laughs> um, he died at 
Friday. So less than 20, 48 hours later, Friday morning. Look, we need to have that same passion. Like, okay, if we believe this, if we believe what the scriptures teach us, we must have that same passion for our friends that Onus had for Al. Like I see, I've, I've, he had worked with him for 26 years. He had shared Christ with him for 26 years. He and Susan. They had, they had talked with him. They had eaten dinners with him. They, 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 they had done the work. Look, look, all the other people did the hard work. I came in and just like, okay, Al, you want to accept Jesus? Here's what you got to do. Like I almost preached a message to him. Not really. That would have done him in on his own, but no. Just kidding. But you're... But you're having a conversation, and you know there's not a lot. You can't spend a lot of time because you just got to get the basics in. Sort of like the thief on the cross. Jesus, when you come into my kingdom, when you come to your kingdom, would you remember me? Today, we're with me in paradise. Look, if, if Onus' life hadn't lived Christ for 26 years, that family would have never let me in the door. It wasn't for my wife's conversations with Al's daughter for a number of years working with her. They wouldn't let me in the door. See, everybody else did the hard work. I showed up and I talked it through. Faith is an initial response. And if we're given days in our life to live it, it's a continual decision. It's a continual decision to, to live by faith because we're going to try and figure it all out. We, we want to figure it out. Like, I want to figure it out, right? I, I love spreadsheets, right? I mean, I, I want to know, like, plan, like, figure it out, okay? Faith doesn't eliminate those things, but those things can eliminate faith because I'll try to figure it all out in my head and not live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, figuring it all out isn't always the answer. Living by faith is the answer always. That doesn't mean we won't plan. But there's good works that are going to come with that. Faith in Jesus changes everything. So here's three questions to finish up this morning with. First one is this. Has faith begun in your life? Have you started a relationship with Jesus? Have you begun to trust him with your life? Have you put your faith and trust in what Jesus did on the cross for your sins, for your forgiveness? Because if you haven't done that, that's the starting point. If you've never put your faith in Jesus or, or you have and you've not been living that, then, then today is a great day for you to make that decision. To start a relationship with Jesus by just putting your faith and trust in what Jesus did on the cross. If you want to talk further about that, I'll be glad to talk with you after. Or you, you know, in a few minutes, there's going to be prayer teams at the front. You come up here and pray with them and, and tell them what, what you, you want to start a relationship with Jesus and you want to put your faith in him and they'll help you walk through that. They'll give you some next steps. For those who have already answered that question, you're already a follower of Jesus, here's, here's a couple more. What has faith changed in your life? 
How is your life different because of your faith in Christ? How is it different from the people around you? But, but what would your friends and family say who, who knew you before you came to faith? What would they see different in you because of your faith in Christ? I think you ought to be able to point to changes that have taken place. The last one is, where are faith's evidences in your life? What, what, what is, what's the evidence of faith in your life? Look, Paul lined it out this way for, for the Galatian church. He said the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. He, th- those, things, those things didn't save them, but those things ought to have been reflected in their lives because they had started a new life with Christ. They, they've been trusting Christ with their life, so there should be fruit, and those fruits should be evident. What are the evidences of faith in your life? What are the things you're doing because of your faith? Again, not to earn anything, but because you know Christ loves you. He gave his life for you. You're not earning anything. You're just doing the works he's prepared for you to do. Where is God speaking to you to serve him? We aren't just saved to go to heaven. It's a great deal. Paul said, we're to live our lives not for ourselves, but for Christ. That's what we're supposed to do. Our lives here have been changed to bring others with us and to point people to Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. And Lord, I do pray that, God, if there's anybody in this room who needs to begin a relationship with you, that they walked in here, they didn't know you. God, I'm praying that they would make that initial step. They would would take that first step towards knowing you. They would just come by faith. They would say, Jesus, I believe in what you've done. Help me to follow you. God, I pray there'd be people this morning that would say, that's me. And Lord, I pray for every person in this room. Lord, every one of us will be looking for opportunities to do the work that you for us to do. Lord, that we would see your evidences in our lives. That people would see Christ in us. Lord, and that we would live our lives by faith constantly reminding ourselves that we live by faith. Faith in the one who's paid it all faith in the one who, who loved us so much. He went to a cross for our sin and he, he rose on the third day. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. He, he is alive and well. Live this life by faith. Lord, help us to live that.